to this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets, presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne. It is Monday night. We are breaking down everything you need to know for Tuesday, June 29th, and the 15-game featured slate kicking off just past 7 p.m. Eastern time on DraftKings. We're going to talk some best bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook as well. But before we get into this behemoth, and it's it's a big slate with a lot of pitching, uh, let's talk about prize picks. Let's talk about some of the plays I like on prize picks. You guys know, you must know at this point, if you head on over to prizepicks.com, use the promo code MMNMLB, and get your first deposit matched up to $100. So, do that, and then I would strongly consider using these plays tomorrow night. First and foremost, let's start with Bryce Harper. Bryce is having a pretty good season. Uh, statistically, straight across the board, there's nothing you can really point to and say, hey, there's a weakness here. However, his fantasy point prop on Tuesday is seven, and I think that's a little high going up against Trevor Rogers of the Miami Marlins. This is just one of the worst matchups a left-handed batter could possibly draw. Rogers, so far this season, hasn't faced a ton of left-handed batters because most managers don't put their lefties in a lineup against Trevor Rogers. However, opposing lefties have just a 288 slugging percentage against Trevor Rogers so far this season. He actually has one of the lowest expected WOBAs in left-on-left situations of any pitcher in all of baseball. It's just 272 coming into play on Tuesday. Harper, you know, as most lefties, I don't want to say experience or it's not a flaw by any means, but Harper's left-handed. He doesn't hit as well against left-handed pitching. At least he hasn't so far in 2021. He's just got a 147 isolated power against left-handed pitching so far this season. So not a lot of extra base hits generated by Harper against Southpaws. And to Rogers' credit, he's allowed just three extra base hits to opposing left-handed batters so far this season, and he's yet to allow a home run in a left-on-left situation. So it's just going to be hard for, for Harper to reach seven fantasy points in this game. I mean, even a double doesn't get him there. So He's got to do something else. I just think it's going to be a low-scoring game in general between the Phillies and the Marlins, so I will take the under on Bryce Harper. I will also take the under on another generational talent in Chris Bryant. Uh, his fantasy point prop is set at just five because the Cubs are going up against Brandon Woodruff and the Brewers. Don't need to say too, too much about Brandon Woodruff. I mean, we'll get into him in just a second uh, in terms of his DraftKings value, but He's been one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, and he's also one of the best right-handed pitchers in all of baseball, and that's important because even if Bryant wasn't going through the slump of all slumps in the month of June, this dude has a 34 WRC plus so far in June. That is atrocious. That is like a double-A guy coming up trying— that, that's like worse than pitchers, or it's close. Like it, It's crazy how bad Chris Bryant has been in the month of June. So obviously I'm going to hold that against him, but even in a vacuum, Chris Bryant against right-handed pitching in 2021 hasn't really been that great. His numbers are so heavily carried by his success against left-handed pitching. 
it's a little insane. He's got a 426 isolated power against lefties. That falls to just 186 against righties through three months of action. A pretty decent sample size. So I'm not loving Bryant against any right-handed pitcher, especially a right-handed pitcher like Brandon Woodruff. So Chris Bryant under five fantasy points. Bryce Harper under seven fantasy points. Okay, let's talk about DraftKings again. This is a huge slate. We're not going to cover like each and every game here, but here's what jumps out to me immediately. Um, and I think the first impression I have of this slate, sort of similar to last Tuesday's slate, but not quite to the same extent, there's a lot of pitching depth on this slate. Is it all, you know, A-plus pitching depth? Not necessarily. But there's a lot of places that look at least semi-tantalizing when you're just kind of running down this pitching list. But it starts with Brandon Woodruff, and I think he's properly priced as the highest-priced pitcher on the board. Uh, $11,000 is Woodruff going up against the Chicago Cubs. Uh, So far this season, he's 95th percentile in expected WOBA. He's 95th percentile in expected ERA. 95 innings pitched so far in 2021, 1.89 ERA, a 2.52 expected ERA, and a 31% strikeout rate. So Woodruff's done everything you could possibly ask him to do to be a productive fantasy pitcher so far this season. And this matchup is incredible. I mean, right now, if you could pick your dream matchup for a great pitcher, it would be to go up against the Chicago Cubs. In the last two weeks coming into play on Monday, the Cubs have a 58 WRC+. plus. That is easily the worst mark in all of baseball. They also have a 33.7% strikeout rate, which is easily the highest mark in baseball. The difference between the Cubs and the next worst strikeout rate in baseball is over 6% in that span of time. They are striking out, I mean, one of every three guys has struck out for the Cubs the last two weeks. So I think a strikeout pitcher like Woodruff is going to be able to take advantage of that. I know he's expensive, but it's worth knowing, and it's worth noting, that he is worth his price tag on Tuesday. Uh, We get into some really interesting territory sort of in the mid-tier of this slate. You've got a lot of guys who maybe the matchup isn't ideal, But just based on name value and production in their own right, I would say they are underpriced. So you've got Kevin Gosman at $9,600. Not an easy matchup against a Dodgers team that is pretty much, aside from Corey Seager, back to 100% health. So you're getting the real Dodgers when you face the Dodgers now. But Gosman's been arguably, I don't know, the second or third best pitcher in baseball this season. It's, It's really quite insane what he's been able to do. Uh, so I don't hate him at 9-6. I just think he's someone who deserves to be over $10,000 uh, regardless of the matchup he is getting. So he's underpriced. Uh, Lucas Giolito, $8,700. That is one of the lower price tags we have seen for Giolito all season. Yes, he hasn't looked amazing his past couple starts. He was all right against the Pirates. You would have hoped he would have dominated that matchup. Um, but still, less than $9,000 for someone who's got a 30% strikeout rate. You have to take a look at it even if the Twins have been hitting very well, really all season, but especially the past two weeks. Uh, The one guy, though, I really wanted to hone in on, Blake Snell, uh, who has been a contentious fantasy name 
so far in 2021. I know that. Don't get me wrong. Snell is just $7,600. To put that in perspective, the lowest he had been all season up to this point had been $8,400. So you're getting a $800 savings on what was already his lowest price point of the season. This is someone who's generally over $9,000 and on occasion has been above $10,000. I know the issues with Snell. Longevity has not been his strong point so far this season. In fact, despite the fact he has started 15 games, Blake Snell doesn't qualify to be a league leader in anything because he doesn't have the innings, which is insane to think about. However, working five plus has been a huge, huge obstacle for Blake Snell so far this season. Even his last start against the Dodgers was really good for five innings, but couldn't go any deeper because he'd already thrown 99 pitches. So again, I understand the risk with someone like Snell. However, that risk is mitigated when he's just $7,600. And one thing to note about the matchup, yes, the Reds are one of the better offensive teams in baseball, but they don't hit left-handed pitching all that well. Nick Castellanos hits left-handed pitching really well, but aside from him and Tyler Stevenson, they don't really have a ton of strong bats within the split, and that's why they have an 86 WRC plus for the season, which is the fourth lowest mark in all of baseball. Snell walks a lot of guys. He wastes pitches. I don't know, man. He's He still does have a 3.66 XFIP, which is almost two full runs lower than his ERA. He's striking out 12.2 guys per nine, which among pitchers with 60 innings thrown so far this season is the seventh best mark in baseball. So there's some stuff to like about Snell. Obviously, there's some detriments too, but like I said, at this reduced price point, you have to take a look at Blake Snell on Tuesday. And one other value guy I wanted to point out, Caleb Smith of the Diamondbacks. So win expectancy might not be crazy here, although I would take a look at the Diamondbacks as uh, on the money line at plus money, not, not terrible against the Cardinals. But really, this is mostly about the Cardinals, who have not hit the last 30 days. In that 30-day span, the Cardinals have the lowest WOBA in baseball at 277. They have the lowest WRC Plus in baseball at 77. They haven't been striking out a ton, which does sort of limit the attractiveness of this matchup, but they just haven't hit anything lately. And Smith, someone who I liked a little bit when he was with Miami, um, kind of disappeared for a little bit there, but... In his last four starts, has a 2.53 ERA, 27.5% strikeout rate. Much like Snell, he walks everybody. But at $6,600, it's a great matchup. There's strikeout upside here. And like I said, the Cardinals just haven't hit anybody the past 30 days. So why would they hit Caleb Smith? I would take a serious look. Let's talk some stacks before we get into the best bets portion of this video. So obviously, there's a ton of of really expensive and good offenses you can go with. Uh, But the two that I think I'm going to focus on primarily, uh, no shockers, I like the Rockies in Colorado against Chase DeYoung. Um, DeYoung's just been not great. I mean, it's an emergency situation for the Pirates. They don't want to start Chase DeYoung, but they have to. Uh, And he's given up a 406 opponent Woba so far in June. Good luck having that number go down in Colorado. Also, in terms of just archetype of pitcher you don't want to see pitching in Colorado if you're someone cheering for the team facing Colorado, 
um, extreme fly ball pitchers with, you know, underwhelming contact rates. Yeah, not a great combination. And actually, of all the pitchers in baseball who have thrown at least 18 innings so far in June, DeYoung has the lowest ground ball rate at just 26.3%. So extreme fly ball pitcher with mess stuff and high contact rates going up against the Rockies. Uh, you know, Blackman, Story, McMahon, use the obvious guys. But one dude I really wanted to single out, Jonathan Diazza. He's only $3,100. He's hitting 322 for the season, not a ton of power. But he's been consistently hitting second in this batting order. If he gets five plate appearances in a plus matchup in Colorado, just over three thousand, uh, he's got to be one of the better value plays. The one of the one of the better value possibilities on Tuesday's slate. Uh, the other team I wanted to single out: the Boston Red Sox going up against Brad Keller. I mean, woof, Brad Keller. His his numbers this season are ugly: six point eight eight expected ERA, a three ninety six x woba, two right handed batters. Lefties have been hitting him hard, too. Don't get me wrong, but he's just been terrible. Uh, this is another situation where, you know, J.D. Martinez, Andrew Bogarts, Raphael Devers, if you can afford them, great. However, the cool thing with Boston is they've got enough value surrounding that core that you can make a really affordable mid-tier stack uh, that you could even use with someone like Brandon Woodruff. You've got Kike Hernandez leading off at just $3,800. Alex Verdugo, his price point has been low for the last six weeks. I don't really understand why. He's just $4,100 in a solid opposite-hand matchup. And then Hunter Renfro. I know Renfro you'd you'd most like to use against a left-handed pitcher, but he's been hitting really well lately and has been consistently hitting sixth in this Red Sox batting order at just $3,600. So if you can't afford the big guys or like two or three of the big guys, Use one, and then use Kike, use Verdugo, use Renfro. There's enough value there to make that Red Sox stack work. Speaking of the Red Sox, let's move to the best bets segment on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's take the Red Sox run line on Tuesday. It is plus 102 to take Boston by a run and a half. It is Nick Pavetta coming off arguably his best start of the season up against the aforementioned Brad Keller, who has been getting hit around. Just how bad has Brad Keller been his past four starts? Well, not only are the Royals 0-4 the last four times that Brad Keller has taken the mound, they have been outscored 31-6 in that four-game span. That is disgusting. Boston also has the third-best run line record in all of baseball. They're playing at home. They always hit well at Fenway. I am going to take the Sox on the run line on Tuesday, plus 102. The other game I wanted to talk about in the best bet segment, Seattle at Toronto. Really didn't talk about this one from a DFS perspective, which is interesting because the total in this game is 10. However, I like the under. I'm kind of surprised this total is as high as it is. I understand the Blue Jays are at full health. I understand that, you know, George Springer batting fifth in a lineup is kind of insane. Um, but... When you look at these two starters, we've got Robbie Ray going up against Chris Flexen. Yes, the advanced numbers don't like these guys as much as some of the surface numbers do, but Robbie Ray in June has a 2.51 ERA. Flexen has a 3.04 ERA. And Seattle's bullpen has been great the past month in, 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 in really for the season. I mean, by FIP, their 
FIP is the sixth best mark in all of baseball. So I think you're just going to see a lot of solid to above average pitching in this game. And while I do think both of these offenses can hit, I don't know. I see more of like a 5-3, 6-2 sort of game here. I, I don't think both of these pitchers and both of these pitching staffs are going to give up enough to get this game over. So at minus 112, I will take the under. And it, it's worth noting, despite the fact the Blue Jays have been scoring double-digit runs in several of their last couple games. I mean, since Springer came back, this offense has been incredible. Even in that six-game span, the over has only hit once in a Blue Jays game. So these numbers are really high, and they're getting close, but they're not always getting there. So I do think Seattle-Toronto goes under. I'm going to add that to the Red Sox run line, and that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets on the Mayo Media Network. I want to thank you guys for watching this episode. I will be back tomorrow, and I'll see you then.